0: Welcome in once again. Women really mean business, presented by Athena International, and thank you as always for being here. We've listened to you and we're going to have a format change in mid-March due to your feedback. Let's just say that the podcast is going to get more commute friendly. And that's all I'll say about that for right now because we have to get our guest in here. Dr. Sidell Ross combines music and medicine, and for years She didn't think you could do both and be taken seriously. Her mindset needed to shift. Does yours? Don't get in your own way any longer and you'll be inspired by listening to this talk. So let's get going. Women really mean business. Episode number 68 begins now.
1: Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International. The podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time now here's your host jeff belitnikoff with another successful woman and her unique business journey
0: Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Litnikoff. Our next guest combines music and medicine. She is a classically trained mezzo soprano and jazz vocalist. Also, she is an anesthesiologist and pain specialist. So she does a lot in her practice. And we're going to welcome in right now. Dr. Seidel Ross and Dr. Ross thank you so much for making time for us and wow you have a lot going on again welcome to the podcast
1: thank you thank you Jeff it's my pleasure it really is I appreciate the opportunity to 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 share my experience and to, to hopefully inspire others to to follow their passions and
0: to pursue their dreams. Well, and, and I'll tell you that you know and, and if you don't mind me delving a little into your bio here, you actually help with hospice and palliative care. And I I, I always I always never get that word right. So you can actually pronounce palliative for me. <laughs> I just I just for some reason it's a tongue twister. But you actually sing. Yeah. You you sing to patients mm-hmm. that are dying, and uh, yes. But tell me about all that. Tell me how you combine Absolutely. the two, and give me the right pronunciation of. I'm not even going to try to say it again. Get, sure, palliative. Palliative. I don't know why I can't get that. It's <laughs> I'm supposed to be a pro, but oh well. Anyway, so yeah. No, it
1: it really is not a. It's not an easy word to pronounce, and it's not a, a word that we commonly use in our day to day discourse, right?
0: You know, and it's but not. It's, and it's not actually an easy word to be associated with because somebody that's under that type of care maybe you could define that for us because it's 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 really end of life when you when you uh when you really get down to it.
1: Yeah, so I actually this is um I'm glad that you raised that point because there is a distinction between the two between palliative medicine and hospice medicine. Oh, okay. So, yeah, palliative medicine is really available to anyone at any stage of a life-threatening or life-limiting illness. So, a 36-year-old young woman who has been diagnosed with breast cancer could be eligible for palliative care because she may have distressing symptoms related to this earth-shattering diagnosis that she has received. She may need virtual symptom management from existential distress. Why is this happening to me? How could this be happening? Those are some real issues that people face when they learn that they have a life-threatening or life-limiting illness. And she is not at the end of life by any means. With an early stage of breast cancer, can actually go on to have a, a, a long and fulfilling, life if they receive the proper care. So that's palliative medicine. It's available for anybody at any stage of a life-threatening or life-limiting illness. We help with symptom management. We help them kind of formulate the goals of care, the goals of their treatment, and we accompany them along their journey. Hospice medicine is care that is directed to patients who are living, who are in their final, let's say, months of life. So officially, we say anyone who is who has a, an illness that is expected to take their their life, if the disease runs its natural course within the next six months, then that person is eligible for hospice care. So hospice care is what is, is what is more... Um, Appropriately known as end of life care, and so there is that distinction between the two. Well, I appreciate
0: appreciate you letting us know about that. That's that's right. I had never known. I thought they were always hand in hand. So it's enlightening.
1: Yes, they use um, they're used interchangeably, but there is a very clear difference between the two. And so I decided that one day I was really I was going to try to use my gifts and talents in my practice of medicine. I I grew up as a child. I, I told my parents that I wanted to be a singing doctor. Because I loved to sing, I love to dance, and I wanted to be a pediatrician at a very young age because I loved my pediatrician and wanted to be all things like my pediatrician. And for many years, I was happy pursuing my medical studies and traveling along that path, and everything seemed to be fine. The singing and the dancing, you know, my parents encouraged me to continue, but not to the extent that they encouraged me with, to pursue medicine. And so uh, as I grew older, I achieved my my dream of becoming a physician, but you know what? As I began to practice, I was really disillusioned by the way that I was practicing. I became very disillusioned, very disheartened because I realized that I was not working at my best. And one day I decided I just could not continue. Something had to change. And so I started to do some soul searching, praying, meditating, trying to figure this out. Because while I I was not, I had no intention of giving up my practice of medicine. That was important to me. It still is important to me. I always, I felt that there was something missing. There was something more that I could offer. And so I thought, well, what are other things in life that I've always enjoyed? What are my other passions? What are other things that have brought meaning to my life? And singing has certainly is certainly one of them, has always been one of them. And so I thought, you know, why don't I give this a try? Why don't I try to incorporate singing into my practice of medicine and see what happens? And I've since done that. That's not been easy to do, however, for a number of reasons. And I mean, we can certainly touch on this later on because one of the issues that I encountered was dealing with the imposter syndrome. you know, who would take me seriously as a singer, as a vocalist, as a musician? That's not what I was trained to do. I was trained to be a physician and this is what people this is what I expect, this is what people expect of me. And so I really grappled with that for a long time. But now that I've been doing this work, I really believe that this is what, I've, this is what I'm what meant to do. This is my calling. This is what I'm meant to do. And, um, and I really look forward to what the future holds.
0: So, Dr. Ross, maybe you can talk about the impact that you are making at the hospital because you are a member of the Healing Arts Committee. And I imagine what that means is that you are bringing different types of care to patients beyond just medicine. Uh, that's my interpretation. Am I right about that?
1: Yes. Yes, so certainly... As a vocalist, I offer the gift of music and singing, bedside singing, to my patients. As a member of the committee, we also encourage patients and hospital employees to be engaged in uh, art projects. So we have a photography project. We have um, a, a holiday card project, uh, an initiative. We also, uh, and we also, really look forward to doing caroling at Christmas time. In the hospital, so it really is an initiative to promote the arts in in that healing space.
0: I tell you, there is it's just it's just an amazing thing that you're bringing to these people. And you'd mentioned earlier in the podcast that you were hoping your talk would inspire people to really go for their dreams. And and I'm paraphrasing what you said, but it was basically the meaning of what you were saying. And I imagine that stems back to. All those years that you felt kind of this missing piece, you weren't incorporating medicine and music together. You'd even said that you had felt like an imposter or you had an imposter syndrome. So talk to me about how you are hoping that your talk today would inspire those listening to go for their dreams. And maybe, maybe you could detail some of the obstacles you had to overcome in your own head as to pursuing this. And finally, as I said before, live authentically.
1: Absolutely. So, As I believe I mentioned, this was, this is not something that I, you know, being a vocalist was not something that I was trained to do. I was trained to become a a physician and that's what I was really good at. And that's what, that's how people saw me professionally. That's how I saw myself. That was my professional identity. And so when I decided to incorporate this, this passion of mine into this profession of medicine, you know, I was really unsteady for a while because is this who I am? Is this, is this is this right? Am I doing the right thing? Who's going to take me seriously? I don't I don't know if, if people are going to laugh at me. And And these are real thoughts that would go through my head. These are real feelings that I had. But as I worked up the courage to put myself out there and to actually start doing it, that all became irrelevant. I have yet to meet a patient or a loved one, a patient's loved one, who has asked me, where did I get my training? my vocal training what kind of certification do i have in, in music or in, in in the performing arts that has never come up because it's really not important what's important is the gift is my willingness to work with patients to help them heal along their journey
0: and really those those kind of that kind of mindset really of not putting kind of, and I like to say it's a head trip, not putting a head trip on yourself and saying, well, this is how people are going to react and I can't do this. And it's like, you almost shrink away from the opportunity before it even presents itself. You don't know how people are going to react. And as you found out, you you had imposter syndrome, but as you found out, like it wasn't that big of a deal and people have accepted you.
1: Yes, and it was all, really, it was all self-imposed. I was getting in my own way. For a long time, I was getting in my own way.
0: Well, that's a, lesson for, that's a lesson for a lot of people that are listening right now that are getting in their own way. And one question sure. I, want, I want to give you the floor on is I want you to talk about your podcast, Prescriptions and Song. Tell me about that and what people can expect from it. We'll be back with our guest in just a second. And if you're really enjoying what you're hearing here, why not get some extras from our guest? After every podcast episode, we have some fun questions for our guest that we give exclusively to patrons. All you have to do is go to the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com and check out the Becoming a Patron section. For just $5 a month, you'll get extras from each week's guest. For just $10 a month, you'll get the extras and we'll release the podcast to you before anyone else gets it. Not only will you get great extra content for yourself but you'll support not only this podcast but athena international as well so again please consider becoming a patron at the top of women really mean business.com all right let's get back into the episode
1: sure so, Prescriptions and Song is um, a podcast that is dedicated to promoting awareness of the healing potential of music. So, as I started doing this work, I decided that I wanted to get the word out there. I wanted to share my own experiences, I wanted to shed some light on on the research that's being done in the in the medical community in this particular area of study, you know, using music and music-based interventions in healthcare. And I hope to connect with other people who are doing a similar kind of work because ultimately, and I don't know if this will happen in my lifetime, but what I hope to see in time to come is that music and music-based interventions will become part of the standard of care for symptom management, certainly in my own field of hospice and palliative medicine but perhaps in other fields as well. There's a wealth of literature out there to, to, that's really starting to get us thinking about how we could really use music and music-based interventions to, to achieve these goals.
0: Indeed, and we will have a link to your podcast in the show notes. What other resources should people plug into?
1: I tend to listen to uh, a lot of TED Talks. TED Talks have been a, a great resource for me, and there is one particular TED Talk that really resonated with me: "The Danger of a Single Story" by Chimamanda Adichie. She's a Nigerian storyteller and novelist, and she talks about the the danger of believing a single story, a single narrative, of you know believing that. Something is as it is, and that you cannot consider anything else and you know, as as I just expressed, for most of my life, I believed the single story, right that I should become a physician and, and kind of lay aside the pursuit of anything else, and uh, because that's what was told to me as a child, you know that. You, you, be a doctor, be a physician. That's that's the way to go. And I eventually realized that that wasn't entire, that wasn't fulfilling my professional need, my personal need. And so, listening to to this particular TED Talk was actually very helpful for me. So that's that's TED Talks have been a great resource for me. There's also a, another great book that I share with my daughters. I have two young daughters, and it's called Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. I don't know. I mean, they enjoy the stories, but I, I I can argue that I've probably gained a lot more from reading these stories than they have at their age. Because every night at bedtime, we read little excerpts from the book and we hear, my daughters hear about revolutionary women from all over the world who've made their mark on history. Some of them well-known, some not so well-known. They're learning, and I'm also kind of affirming, that women can be anything they want to be in spite of the challenges and obstacles that may present themselves. My older daughter is now six years old, and she tells me that she would like to be a pediatrician, a scientist, and a dancer.
0: Well, based and on... I tell her that's wonderful. Well, based on what her mother is doing, she's really not that far <laughs> off. You know, normally, you know, when I was five years old, I wanted to be a firefighter and an astronaut and a pro athlete. And that's got got it. But I think her dream is extremely realistic based on what you're doing. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
1: So, yes, and I I also resources. So meditating has been big for me also within recent times, kind of connecting with the spiritual part of who I am. That's also been, been helpful. Kind of daily mantras, just simple words of affirmation. I am worthy. I can do this. I am sometimes when things get a little tough and I kind of feel myself retreating into a dark place, This happens to all of us from time to time. You know, these little words of affirmation can be very helpful.
0: Well, absolutely. And I tell you, it's, uh, you know, how you talk to yourself and the story you tell yourself. And I love that multiple stories thing. That's pretty awesome. And definitely something that, uh, a lot of, lot of great nuggets in this podcast. And I guess I would expect nothing else of a fellow podcaster and physician and opera and jazz singer. <laughs> so
1: it's it's just,
0: no, it's, just it's, it's great that you're able to master all of those things. And I'm going to give the floor to you as I do at the end, um, allow you to address our audience in any manner that you would like to carry the podcast out in. Uh, Dr. Ross, the floor is yours.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jeff. So I've been doing some thinking about women women's empowerment and how we how women can help uplift other women because in preparation for this particular uh, podcast interview, you know, this is about women in business, women mean business. And so women elevating women is, is a very pertinent issue here. And so I think that in order for us to elevate women, one another, One of the things that we need to do before we even reach out to uplift others is that we need to look within ourselves. I think each of us has to believe that there is something special and powerful and extraordinary in each of us. And I think it's easier to appreciate this in others if we can first appreciate this within ourselves. And then each of us must first learn to honor and celebrate our own achievements as individuals. And achievement doesn't have to be the attainment of a lofty long-term goal. It can be something like sticking to a healthier diet or an exercise routine. It can be finding the time for self-care during the course of a busy day. So basically, anything that allows us to say, you know what, I did it. As we create an overall sense of well-being for ourselves and others is an achievement, in my opinion. And by this definition, I think women achieve a lot on a daily basis. And so again, if we learn to embrace these accomplishments in ourselves, I think it will be much easier for us To recognize and celebrate other women's accomplishments. And then, after looking within, we need to encourage the women in our lives to tap into their potential, into their wellspring of potential, because we all have that. We all have this repository of gifts and talents that are within us just waiting to be shared with the world. And the and women who have been able to tap into that wellspring must be to share with others the skills and the tools that they used to help them do that, to help them tap into their own potential. And by doing that, I think we can certainly lift others as we continue to move forward. So just some thoughts that I wanted to share.
0: What a great way to close out the podcast podcast podcast. Dr. Seidel Ross, thank you so much again for joining us. We really appreciated your time this week. And of course, we'll have links to everything, your music, your podcast, and all of that other good stuff. And again, Dr. Ross, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Absolutely. It was an absolute pleasure to be a guest on, on the program. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Oh, thank you. The pleasure was mine. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Sarah Sonor is on an entrepreneurial journey that has led her from high performance to happiness. And you should definitely not only listen to this podcast, but also read her bio in the show notes. You will be inspired. And here's a little bit from Sarah.
1: And ultimately, I want to help people be happy and, and be joyful. And, and, and I don't know if this makes sense because I went from high performing to be, being happy, but it all comes into an emotional state of, of happiness, right? And, and you create it mainly through work.
0: When you share the show on social media, and we hope you do, use the My Athena hashtag lowercase my and then Athena is all uppercase. Hashtag my athena let's share this with the world